listening to The Agenda, exclusively on The Pod Station. Hello and welcome to episode two of The Agenda for Wirral West. Um, I'm glad uh, you can join us again for our, our second episode. Um, we're going to talk about the local plan and catch up on a few things from last time as well. I'm Councillor Andrew Gardner and here today with uh, having a cup of coffee and a chocolate hobnob is... I'm Wendy Clements, I'm Councillor for Greensby Frank Beer Derby. Hi, and I'm Councillor Jeff Green, I'm a Councillor for West Kirby and Thurston. Hi, I'm Mike uh, Collins, I'm Councillor for Pendry, Thingwall and Barton. Okay, so that's the uh, the team for today. Uh, just to catch up on last time, and I think it's important to just mention that these podcasts aren't always going to be about planning issues, but that is seems to be what's hot at the moment and what needs to be uh, what needs to be addressed. So, major last time that we talked about was the Wirral Point development, uh, Stanley Road in Hoylake. Um, that didn't even make it to planning committee because officers rejected that, and it's up to the developer now to go for uh, an appeal down at Bristol. Uh, we're still waiting for any information on that. Um, still nothing happening at Rectory Field, which was the big West Kirby story. Um, and that's basically the little catch up from last time. So today we're going to talk about the um, local plan consultation, which Wirral Council is launching at the end of this month. And it's the opportunity for residents to have their say on what the local plan will mean. Now we touched on the local plan last time, but um, for those who don't know, the local authority has to make a 15 year plan for all its spatial needs, all its um, where it's going to build, what it's going to do with housing, how many houses it needs, how many um, industrial units it needs to build. Um, and that goes into a local plan that goes off to government. There's a whole range of regulations in between that the council has to do. And what we're at now is the regulation 18, which is the public consultation. So, Wendy, do you want to pick up on some of the issues around what you found in your, um, in your inbox around the consultation? So one of the things that's causing a lot of concern to local people is that the consultation seems to suggest the council's quite willing to uh, see quite a lot of building in Irby, which is at the moment a small, uh, smallish settlement. And um, so people are asking me, why is the council doing that? They, they seem, some of them, to think that I've given my personal permission for those sites to be there, which of course isn't the case. These are things that the uh, council officers have planned out and um, the council is saying in the consultation that it hopes that it can build almost all houses on Brownfield. But the fact that there are these sites in Irby, and one of them in particular is large, um, is a real concern. It is large, isn't it? Um, I think the council's identified the need for 12,000 houses over the period, and there's some dispute from some people on the numbers as to why it needs to be 12,000. Um, officers assure us that that's what they have to have to get the plan through otherwise the plan might fail and Wirral is under threat of intervention because um, we're really late um, you know Jeff's been a long time member of the council perhaps you can advise people as to why we might be so late on our plan what do you think's gone on well there's a number of things that we need to cover on that so um, first of all just to be absolutely clear I won't be taking part in the debates or voting in council because I have a what's considered a prejudicial interest because I'm a non-exec director of Magenta Living and also happen to be the chair of the uh, development committee so um, 
given that we're talking about space for building houses, Magenta would have a, a, a view about that. And so I won't be taking part in the discussion. Having said that, of course, the key thing for me is to encourage people to participate in the consultation. It actually starts on the 27th of January. Uh, you can go to the website, you can either go through the council's website or through the through its own um, web, web area, which is um, wirral.gov.uk or wirral.gov uh, forward slash local plan. And you have to register because if there are all sorts of paper flying around, your views might not get captured. This is being electronically done, so every view gets captured and you can follow it through. The key thing to me about the local plan is that it will set um, planning guidance for, as you've mentioned, the next 15 years. So within the local plan, if something is identified as green belt in the local plan, it will maintain that protection. That's why it's important. And I remember uh, back in 2010, sitting down with Eric Pickles, of all people, uh, just as, the, uh, just as the, the Conservative government came in in 2010, and Eric making the point very clearly that local councils need to implement a local plan mm -hmm. to provide that protection around Greenbelt. And you'll remember there was a lot of debate around Greenbelt at the time. Mm -hmm. so, so it's that's... Uh, that's how long this has been going on. Um, I was fortunate to be at a meeting that uh, was held, um, I think 2012-ish, something like that, I think it was, 2011, 2012, uh, where at this point, the council had received the warning from the government that unless it actually acted properly, it was in uh, danger of intervention. We were starting to ask questions. So we tracked it back and it became clear, in fact, one of the officers that's been leading the consultation made it clear that what happened subsequent to the Conservatives losing um, the leadership of the council, a decision was taken to deprioritize the local plan. So the officers were moved off that and onto something else. And so that part of that is what's caused this delay and can't overemphasize how important it is it sounds very dry very dull but it will set that you think of it as zoning so there will be housing zones uh, where people will build dwellings and properties as you mentioned there'll be um, uh, industrial zones where you'd look to industrialize one thing i am very pleased about though and another thing i'm very pleased about is the campaign that was run so well by local residents and supported by local conservatives the conservative group and parliamentary candidates and all the rest of it was that we've actually forced the council to think again if you remember we were told at that time that we had to build on the green belt uh, there was not enough brownfield sites or previously developed sites to build those dwellings on now the public uh, made the case that yes there was we made the case that yes there was. Peel made the case that yes there was. But we told no, no, no. Following that campaign, the council has now, and council officers have now accepted that there is uh, sufficient brownfield sites. And in fact, the recommendation that went through council, um, even though I couldn't vote for it, but the recommendation that went through 
did point out that the what's being consulted our local plan is saying you know uh, brownfield first um, and in fact that there should be enough uh, pre-developed land to allow that number of houses to go onto it or that number of dwellings to go onto it so it appears to me that we have won the argument the importance now is because developers will take part in this consultation they say oh you've got numbers wrong and all the rest of it the important now importance now is that the public and there's a lot of expertise in the public that they get onto that consultation to point out why brownfield sites should be utilized first and why there is sufficient brownfield sites to actually develop all the dwellings that we're going to need in Wirral over the next 15 years onto those sites. So that's what's really important, that people participate in this consultation. Yeah, I think you're, you're right, Jeff. I think it's a success story from where we were a year ago. Absolutely, where absolutely. The council were looking at putting 6,000 houses onto Greenbelt land. Now they're going, well, now they're going for a brownfield first. They're going to join up every community, everywhere yeah. you go at the moment, where there's those yeah. lovely green spaces that that actually delineate the various areas of world. So, you know, West Kirby and Herbie, Greensby and Herbie, Herbie and Pensby, Pensby and Heswell. All that stuff was just going to be filled in with housing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was convinced, I said it at the time, that that was more about uh, making money for the council in terms of building houses to increase the council tax base than anything to do with the actual real needs of uh, rural residents and, and future residents. Yeah, I mean, we try not to make this podcast overly political. Obviously, we are Wirral West councillors, and Wirral West is almost exclusively conservative councillors, so that's pretty much the viewpoint you're getting. But the success we've had in challenging that really came from the success of the other man in the room <laughs> who won the councillor seat in Pensby which altered the makeup of the council along with some green victories in Birkenhead and that is what's changed the tack of the council isn't it it's, it's a simple act of democracy really. It's crude but true. It, 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 it is isn't it you know. Um, I'll bring Mike in now but I should just caveat for, for Wendy and Mike um, I'm like Jeff, I, I deal with developers, I do valuations for developers, so I've excluded myself from the process so that I can't be uh, either have any undue influence or be accused of any undue influence. Wendy and Mike are slightly different because whilst you can comment, you, you can't um, be too vociferous in your comments in case a listening developer was to, in a year's time, come around and say, hang on a minute, this guy had already made his mind up before he'd heard all the facts. And as councillors, we can't do that because we risk not being able to make the decisions at the end of the day, or those decisions then being questions and brought to appeal, etc. So I'll bring in Mike, and I say we've congratulated him for his success last year, changed the makeup of the council, changed the Greenbelt policy, and of course it was a major campaign for you at the time, wasn't it? It, it was, and, and I think uh, it shows the strength of feeling on the green belts, the at the moments uh, they put in the plan that for about two and a half thousand, nearly three thousand homes in a swathe of land in Pendby, and the amount of emails I've had just regarding that has drawn a lot of concern. But what I will say is there's 55 questions in the consultation, but you don't have to actually answer every single one. You can answer one or as many as you like. And the thing is, what I do encourage people is to go and find which questions that actually intrigue them more than anything, and go answer those questions 
but make sure their views are well known uh, and there's plenty of spaces in the boxes. So my concern is that uh, you know they've just decided we've got a big piece of land, we need 2,500 houses to match their 12,000 figure and we can do that in Pensby. Well, my present opinion is there's more than enough other places to build on brownfield sites, previously developed sites, so we should be looking at those first and we shouldn't even be considering green belts. That is my stance at, at this precise moment, is that we don't need to build on green belts. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, there are plenty of properties for us to, to actually look at rather than destroying our beautiful countryside, because that's what it is and there's no need for it. But we will see how the consultation pans out. Um, I'm here, uh, I've got my emails and I'm listening and I'm, I'm talking to a lot of residents and no doubt as we go out on the doorstep we'll hear even more views uh, about it. But what I will say is last year the, out of the people we spoke to there was not one person I spoke to about development was a positive thing on Greenbelt, all of it was negative, we do not need it, they don't want it. And I think it showed it very, very clearly by the, the, the way we were able to get you know a good majority within Pensby. Uh, especially as we have not had a council, a Conservative council there for such a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, well done, and that's a great tip. I wasn't aware of that because people had said to me, "Have you seen how many questions are on this? This is ridiculous. We'll never be able to get through all of these, and it's a ploy to sort of minimise the response rate." But I didn't know that you could just answer yeah. the applicable mm -hmm. questions and file it. Is that? Yeah, and in fact, you, there's a, you can just answer questions on the sites that are proposed, um, as opposed to some of the other technical questions about the, the housing number or some of the other bits that you, you can answer separate bits. And I think uh, Wendy's raised a good point. And speaking to people, as you do, I, I think um, our community is amazing. There is so much expertise in the community people you know have so you know some knowledge information and so on um, but the whole issue of the number so the number is highly contentious to be fair to the council because I like to try and be fair is that uh, the council have come forward with the the standard number using a formula that's determined by the government so all uh, areas across the country have had to use this particular formula because it's a standard formula but there is an opportunity in that consultation to say why you think that standard formula doesn't apply or other issues so for instance i think i'm right in saying this that the 12,000 figure is derived by using the 2014 census information because that's the standard that's how long we've been waiting for this uh, but we've now had a 2016 census uh, and so that information isn't included at the moment. My understanding is that if you were to include that information, the number that we require in Wirral goes down. So there's a lot of disputation about the number and the place to put that expertise and to place that evidence, because it's all got to be evidenced, is within that consultation and some of those 55 rather laborious questions. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there was a consultation last year which obviously didn't sort of pass muster with um, the council's barrister who's basically told them to go and go and do it again and get it right so this is it's a belt and braces mm. everything is in there and you know they've, they've really got yeah. to get it right haven't they and don't forget uh, that the council it, because it's taken so long the council is still under real threat of government intervention because they you know it has dragged its feet for so long now I understand 
that the work that's being now being done now is is you know passing muster to use your phrase with uh, with the government with what with the departments so they are progressing but if anyone's in any doubt there's been a number of local plans that the department uh, has intervened in and, and stopped the whole process because it's been flawed and it's not been evidence-based so to be fair to everyone involved this process has to be evidence-based and it has to be done properly in order to avoid intervention and then decisions being taken in London about what should happen in Wirral. Yeah, which is the absolute yeah. thing we do not want. No. Um, and there is, but there was even talk at some point of another authority doing it for us. I recall. Yeah. Mm. I think I haven't heard that recently, but I know last year it was basically. Mm, who knows? Who knows? So, mm. exactly, what are the sites in Pensby? Just in case people don't. People aren't aware of listening in. There's a, a, a very big site um, on the Gills Lane side. It's actually the fields on both sides of Gills Lane going down the back of Pensby Road and then going up towards the um, reservoir. Um, the woods uh, and the wooded areas are safe, but other than that, it, it's that swathe of land. Um, it doesn't mean that the council is going to build on it, but what it is saying is we'll allow them, the developers, to come along and use those greenbelt areas. We'll, as I keep saying, I think there's other places that we should be looking at, but it's a heck of a swathe. And my concern is the infrastructure is not going to be able to, to, to deal with it. Uh, we've got distinct settlements, so we've got Pansby, we've got Thingwall, we've got Barnston, and if you do that, you're just going to have one big blob of uh, housing and you've got no distinction. And I think that's that's one of the things we don't want to lose is our, our little villages and those characters, uh, characters there, which is great. And if they took this on board, we just have just one swipe of, of uh, building, which I don't really think there's a need for. Yeah, and the, the brownfield sites, I mean, we're really talking Birkenhead, aren't we? And the Wirral Waters, Peel development. Um, that and seems to Bromber be in as well, isn't there? Yes, there is. And the, and the council's found somewhere in the middle of Birkenhead as it's well. Hind Street, Hind Hind Street well. Which, yeah. is, which is a massive site. That's very yeah. big. Yeah. And this is with the, taking the flyover out, I think, mm -hmm. and all that. But they're still, they're still, sorry, the, Went on, but they they still haven't used um, all of Peel's figures, so yeah, they've put a larger good. group of Peel um, numbers in there. I understand, but Peel have said that they can do more, and they still haven't used that site, the Hindsuit site, uh, as you said. That will require a lot of investment to open that site up to allow that development to go ahead. Um, but the key thing. Go on the consultation, say that you support the approach of you know Brownfield Brown first, first, and that protects Pensby, yeah. keeps it as a you know its own community with you know with the surrounded by that collar of green belts and so on and so forth. So that's you need to make sure that particular proposal goes through and is properly evidence based. I can say that because I don't have a vote. Uh, but, uh, so, so that's so why nice. people need to go on the consultation. It's true, and it's the same in, in Irby, isn't it? It's the same same principle. issue, same principle. They're the same principle about um, the infrastructure and how sensible it is almost to build all those houses there. Um, and if you have a larger development in Birkenhead, you've got the trains, you've got the ferry, you've got shops, shops which we could do with some new customers, Absolutely let's be honest. Could, yeah. um, whereas here, 
there aren't those same things in place. I mean, Greasby just doesn't have a train. It's, it's very sad. Um, but I'm not proposing to put one in at any random moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, I, th- I think so much of this story, really, we're, we're talking about Wirral West, but the story really is about Birkenhead. Isn't well, it? There, there, is a, there is a kind of social justice issue, an element to all this as well, which is we know that parts of Birkenhead even through the Blair Brown boom, there were more people unemployed at the end of that Blair Brown boom than were going into it. So there are some real, you know, the real tough issues about opportunity and, and so on in the um, on the Mersey side side of Wirral, for, for want of a better expression. And should we action, we actually be putting the investment into those areas, millions we're talking about of investment in terms of house building and the infrastructure and the skills and the jobs and the, everything else that flows from that uh, into those areas to try and give people those opportunities uh, in that area as well as from across Wirral. But, you know, there are major transformational changes that can be brought forward by proper development, proper planning, proper thought. And my personal sense of this is the council are now starting to understand that. Certainly council officers are starting to understand that. So rather than being purely developer-led, where do you want to build a house? I want to build a house on a grass field because that's where it's easiest and cheapest (laughs) and make the most profit. (laughs) To actually, where do we need development? Where do we need that investment? What are those areas that uh, could benefit from that investment uh, in terms of property prices and a range of other things. Well, that's the sort of thing that we should be thinking about. So there should there is quite a major, in my opinion, social justice issue to what we're to this idea of brownfield for brownfield science. Yeah, fields. absolutely. And I would agree with you. My conversations with senior officers, they totally get that and they're working very hard to do that with every resource and every partner they can find to try and bring that, that forward very difficult because Birkenhead is such a challenged market for for real estate. But I think the government's got some, I think there are going to be some exciting announcements coming down the track in the future in terms of the way the council is now seeking, rather than fighting the government, actually seeking to to work with it and I think that's going to bring some major opportunities in Wirral going forward and particularly in the the more challenged Merseyside side of the world. I mean, really, I I should have mentioned in the intro, between the first episode and this episode, we've had the general election, and we've obviously had a fabulous result uh, nationwide for the Conservative Party, uh, with a fantastic majority now in Parliament, and we can really get things going, get things moving. Um, And let's hope that, you know, those promises for the north of England, uh, you know, come true. I I think they will, but it's incumbent upon for the council to go and make its case, isn't it? It's a difficult one. Absolutely, I think it's going to, in a way, the results of the knocking, they call it the red wall, don't they? Then yeah. Take the bricks out of those, that red wall in like Blythe Valley and, and what have you, will make it even more challenging because we and Wirral will be competing with, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed new MPs in some of those areas. So you're going to be looking for investment in those areas. So we need to really have our act together in Wirral in order to make the case for those resources to come to to Wirral. I have no doubt in my mind about the government's commitment to the Northern Powerhouse. Jake Berry, etc. 
um, Boris himself totally committed, I think, to the idea of investing in the North and equalising the economy. The issue is how successful is Wirral going to be in making the case for some of that investment coming here. It's good. See, this is why I really enjoy these conversations because we, you know, we're talking about the local plan, but really we're getting down to the nitty gritty of, you know, what we want to achieve out of the local plan um, depends so much on our success and our attitude to to other things, and crucially dealing with local, uh, with national government. We haven't got any MPs in government, and let's say we've not been overly, overly political. Those MPs, whatever spectrum they're from have to engage with the government for the people of Wirral don't they? Yes. It's their job isn't it? It is. That's, it's that's, it's that's their job to speak for. up for, for the people of Wirral um, and so it is also for us as councillors and the council needs to make its case and uh, there's been an example this week where it's been suggested the council didn't make a strong enough case to government in a timely manner and uh, if it doesn't then we let down all the people of Wirral. Yeah, absolutely, and that is. I think it has been a pattern. I think leadership is better now, though. At the council, I think it is. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm encouraged mm. on on the whole. I think one of the issues we had as a council is that we never went out and sought. We we waited for it to come to us. We were talking about the developers. We wait for them to come to us and tell them what they want. We we haven't been proactive as a council going out and and saying we want and and actually going to, to government and being quite forceful. Um, it, I think in a way, it's been, when it's been a conservative government, we've been used as a, a stick to be beat, beaten by. Central governments aren't helping us, so it's their fault, it's all the conservatives' fault. And I think some of the time, it's a, a, a lot of the time, is when people aren't going and forcing the issue or going there, putting their case forward very, very strongly. We need to be going out searching for the money rather than just waiting for it to come and drop in our lap. And we need to be proactive, don't we? So, my sense around this is we are becoming more proactive. The government had given, was it 332 million pounds to the, uh, to the devolved authority in order to help with skills and employment and so on. It was great to see um, the, uh, the work that's gone on there in terms of, uh, in terms of investments in, in Wirral that have come through from, from that. And we need to, work with the you know devolved authority metro mayor we need to uh, engage directly with government but people need to have a plan so what are you so what are you coming to engage with us about what's the plan what view have you got of the place that is Wirral and what are you going to do about developing communities developing infrastructure developing the quality of building a range of different things that need to be done and then you know government can get behind that but you have to have that plan in the first yeah. place exactly and that is where we're at isn't it and this current phase is the people of Wirral's opportunity to make their voice heard within that process they will get other opportunities of course because this is you know regulation 18, yeah, 18 there's 19 there's 19 to come <laughs> so maybe you'll get another podcast there <laughs> you'll still get to talk about planning again but there's so this is the it's first July that one yeah. so <laughs> that consultation then we'll uh, then the council officers will look at it review all the evidence the council itself will be asked to take a decision uh, and then 
a further consultation will need to take place as well. So this is very much part of a process, but the, you can't emphasise enough that people should get in and get their views yeah. in now. Absolutely. And there's, there's also the opportunity for them to actually go on road shows and I've pulled up the dates because um, there's a whole series of road shows for people now admittedly the podcast listeners are probably quite IT savvy and they're probably going to get on their computers and do it that way but you can go to Heswell Library on the 27th um, Bromborough on the 29th and it just rolls on they're coming to West Kirby on the 30th they're coming to West Kirby again on the 19th of February. Quite so those are the two local right. opportunities. <laughs> They're not coming to Irby, and it has been commented upon by Irby residents that yeah. if <laughs> it's going to possibly build in their backyard, but they've got to go to West Kirby. But hey, the council is doing its best to go around the four constituencies and to give people the opportunity to talk in person. I think that's really worthwhile. Um, and people must have their say. Come, I believe the next consultation then there'll be a lot of developers who may well pile in and want to have their say as well so it makes it all the more important that local people absolutely. have their say now absolutely okay I think we've, we've covered quite a bit there just a few final words around the table Mike do you want to just well, again, sum we'll up just, yeah reinforce please 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 take part in the consultation answer as many or as little questions as you want because if you don't take part your views won't be heard because we won't have them there for us to see. So please take part in the consultation, whichever way you want to do it. Either use the IT or go into the drop-in centres. They are going to be one-to-one -one sessions. They're not going to be a um, free-for-all. So there is the opportunity for individuals to speak to officers, and then get the, they will help them to fill those uh, questions in that they want to. Yeah, just re-emphasise that and support uh, the point that Mike's made. And, and support your point uh, that Mike getting elected was one of the things that changed the overall pattern and control of the council, which was certainly in part that, that's led to this new approach to local plan. And to re-emphasise the point about the importance of the local plan, it's going to set zoning and you know the development of the area for the next 15 years. So it might sound a bit dry. People don't normally engage with the planning process till someone's putting some an extension on next door. But in the this whole <laughs> planning this podcast, Jeff, well, the whole planning strategy <laughs> is important, and that's why I think uh, it, the importance of people engaging with it now. Mm. And it is interesting and exciting to see that things are starting to happen in Wirral. If you drive along the dot road you mm. can see that Wirral mm. Waters is actually starting, you can see the diggers, you can see the piles of earth, things are beginning to happen and uh, by taking part in the consultation everybody can help to make that continue as a way forward. It's wirral.gov.uk forward slash local plan. Well then Wendy, good note to end on. Um, thank you all for coming for episode Thank two. you for the chocolate biscuits. Yes, the, 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 there's two left there, Jeff. I can well, see you eyeing them. Thank you for everyone that's got this far on, on the podcast. Um, we hope you find it it's informative. We think it's just a, a, an extra way of communicating with, with residents and giving you some really in-depth detail that is, is hard to access otherwise. So thank you all for coming. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Want to know more? Email info at thepodstation.co.uk.